Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 the new testament completes the old testament in the old testament those first five books you see laws on worship that foreshadow Jesus. That's in the book of Leviticus. You see in Deuteronomy laws on how to go into a pagan land, the land of Canaan, and this is what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live as God's people. And so you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books are so important. And I love reading them. They're not boring. They're not antiquated. God's word is just as relevant today, but he prescribes worship and God's people are expected to come to him on his terms, not your terms. That isn't worship. That isn't worship. Don't be silly. Don't ever, ever, you know, join a church and then say I'm worshiping God when you go out there and live disobedient. That isn't worship. That's an insult. We come to church to be fed. We come to church to gather and, and obey the commands of the Lord. And then we're scattered as image bearers everywhere, right? Amen. So that's the religion, the reason for Babel. This is important. Why Babel? And I think the word, uh, you know, we know pride was the catalyst. We know a false religion begins there. But what is the reason for all of them gathering there, and I believe it's in the text there. Number one, there's a desire for sovereignty. Look at verse four, because this is the verse we're going to camp on for just a moment as I unfold this part. Verse four, then they said, come let us build ourselves a city. So here's what they're doing. They want sovereignty. In spite of God telling them to go populate the world, go fill the earth, they say, man, we're making our home here regardless of what God says. And really, that's mankind saying, I'm sovereign. And we've all been used to that, have we not, before we came to Christ? Did we not run our own show? Many of you are in church today because you did not do a good job of sailing that ship. You may have wanted to be the captain of your own ship, but man, you didn't know how to sail. That's me. That's me. You can talk to Griselle someday. She'll tell you how bad my shipping, what do you call those? Captaining. We'll call it captaining was. But we want that sovereignty, don't we? You know, George Washington, the first president of the United States, said this. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection 
and favors. That's the first president of the United States. Second president of the United States, John Adams says this, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. Second president of the United States. Are we there today? We're not, huh? America, filled with pride, filled with pride, wants to be their own. We want to be our own sovereign. We don't need God anymore. We'll sing God bless America all day long. But God, I ain't going to obey your will. Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, who was at the helm when everything was falling apart. Civil War, you know, you had so many issues that were happening during Lincoln's leadership. And he was at the end of himself. And here's what he said. We have seen, we have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Whenever a people or a nation goes their own path outside of God, then it builds in vain. Nations are sovereign, but when they're under the authority of God, it's the way God designed it. But the minute that nation rises above God like Satan did on his throne and says, I will, I will, I will, I will, then we're in trouble. So a desire for sovereignty. Secondly, a desire for significance. Look at verse 4 again. And let us make a name for ourselves. See, how many know that you need significance in this life to do well? That you, you have to have some sort of significance. That, that, that's not the question, because modern psychology even uses terms like that. But, but man, you have to feel significant. Somebody who commits suicide, by the way, they run, you know, they hit the brick wall, and they just feel like, man, there's nothing for me in this planet. And so significance has to do with who I am in this world. And there's a difference than you making a name for yourself. Now watch this, because this is not a, an accident in Scripture, because the next chapter, God is going to call out Abraham. Watch this, please. This is not an accident. This is what we call literary devices that are implanted by the Holy Spirit to signal something to you. Now look at chapter 12. In chapter 11, we will, name a, we will make a name for ourselves. And then in chapter 12, verse 1, the very next chapter, now the Lord said, look at verse 1, to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, right? He's not building it himself. Now watch this. And I will bless you and make your name great. Don't miss that. In chapter 11, they're saying, we're going to make our name great. 
In chapter 12, God says, I will make your name great. You just have to follow in obedience, which he does. He steps out in faith on that. We must roll. Um, There's a desire for security. So you've got a desire for sovereignty. You've got a desire for significance. And now you've got a desire for security. Look at the end of verse 4. It says, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They were seeking security for themselves. They felt good snuggled up there in Babel. And they felt good being there together. The problem there is that they were trusting in their own people. They were trusting in man rather than trusting in God. God gave a command. No matter what that command sounds like to you, we operate in trust and we step out in faith believing God will take care of us. But that's not what happened at Babel. At Babel, they're they're leaning on it. You know, uh, do you know the exact middle scripture in the Bible is Psalm uh, 118.8. The shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117. It's two verses long. Uh, The uh, longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. Uh, It's 176 verses. And then the exact middle of the Bible is Psalm 118.8. It falls between those. And verse 8 says, it's better to take refuge in God than to trust in man. That's so important. We trust God. They were seeking security of themselves. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the game plan in the last days. The reason people don't want to come to church is because The government says you can't come to church for your own safety, for your own security, for everything else, whatever it is. So so wait a minute. God's Word says the church is to be gathering. So I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to obey the Lord. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when it's dealing with the last days, it says in verse 3, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So here's where it all begins in Babel. This is where it all, all begins. Now we're going to go to the future, and we're going to turn to Revelation 13. I need you to turn to Revelation 13 quickly, if you will, because we've got a little bit of territory to cover here, and I'd like to get it all in within this sermon. But you guys were all okay if I preached from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, and I'm skipping about 64 books right now, okay? So don't complain. If I see you looking at your watch, it's going to make me want to pull up a chair and talk to you and have a fireside chat for about three hours, all right? Here we go. The, the one world government as we speak of that in the future, the one to come. Now, in chapter 13, you're going to see two beasts. You're going to see the Antichrist, and you're going to see the false prophet. Let me just, I, we don't have time to get into all this, but let me give you a synopsis. You've got the, the Antichrist is the world leader. He's the government dude. He's, he's the government, uh, he's head of all the governments, and what, what's attached to him is also the world system, the world government. Then you've got another beast, and he's called the false prophet. The false prophet is actually going to be used as a tool to sway people to put trust into the uh, Antichrist. All right, Antichrist, again, 
doesn't mean totally that he's outside rebelling and calling Jesus all these names. It could mean instead of, that's what anti anti means, antichrist in the New Testament. You're looking at the Greek. It means in place of Christ. So this guy's going to be slick. This is why you need to understand what's happening. Because most of the church right now is falling asleep. They're asleep. They would never recognize it if it came. And I'm talking, I'm not talking to anyone specifically. If you're here and you're asleep, which is not out of the realm of possibility with my sermons, you tend to doze off. But if you are spiritually asleep, then you need to wake up. But the church across um, the nation of America is totally asleep. They would not recognize what you're going to hear. In fact, people aren't even talking about this stuff today. And everything's on a fast track right now to globalism. Everything's on a fast track to the one world government. You may have heard of the World Economic Forum. If you haven't, go visit their website. And it is an organization made up of political leaders, business leaders, and activists throughout the world. Some of your most powerful men and your richest men, George Soros, belongs to the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum is supposed to hold its annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland in January of 2021, just coming up this January. Uh, They were supposed to hold it, but they postponed it to the, the summer. And the theme, the theme of the World Economic Forum this year is the Great Reset. The Great Reset means changing every aspect of society by redistributing the world's wealth, enacting a global tax, supporting world government, and more. This is going to be the ultimate attempt at the birth of the new world order leading to a one-world government. And it's the real deal. I don't care. You know what you're going to hear a lot out there? You're going to hear conspiracy theory. And that's what they want you to believe. But when you go visit the actual websites yourself, when you pull down the information yourself, there's nothing conspiracy about this. When you go to the World Economic Forum, you're going to see a video of of people marching through the streets demanding social justice. You're going to see people wearing masks and, and the coronavirus is attacking and killing everybody. And what their goal is, is they believe that the system of capitalism is archaic and our world can no longer handle it and there needs to be a reset. Now when you remove capitalism, you have to plug in socialism and further market Marxism. Because you shouldn't belong. You shouldn't uh, be over your own money. You're not responsible enough. All of these guys that are saying this, like George Soros, I don't see him putting billions of dollars out there. I see him put enough change out there, and that's what it is. It's change. Do you realize Jeff Bezos is now worth $200 million, Amazon? And, and you know, he'll write a $10 million uh, check to a social justice organization or something, and that's pocket change for you. That isn't even a quarter to me. If I see a quarter on the ground, your pastor's going to pick it up. If, if, if uh, Jeff Bezos was walking and he saw $10 million on the ground, he'd probably walk right by it. It's all relative. It's all relative. 
And so this World Economic Forum's becoming a big deal. And so they're now want to reset the global economy. You got guys, I saw one of their Zoom meetings and, and you had Prince Charles there and it's headed up by a guy named Klaus Schwab and, and he's on there and it looks so like Bible in the last days, what God says is going to happen. Everything you hear and everything you see, it's going to just sound like that. And here's what Klaus Schwab said. He said that every country from China to the United States must participate and in every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. He concluded in short, we need a global reset of capitalism. So let me give you the characteristics. Everybody in Revelation 13 yet? You all there? Okay, here's, um, and we don't have time to dive deep. I want to give you some characteristics because it's important as we look down the road as the new world order, the new world government coming, what's that going to look like? And I'm going to give you three characteristics just here and then we'll close with Revelation 17 and 18. We're not covering the chapters, but I think it's important that you see the culmination of the one world government in the end. So number one, it's going to be a cashless world. It's going to be a cashless world. Look at verse 16. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead. Now, what does that say? Where's it going to be marked? Or? Okay, right hand or forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. We're not going to get into the number and all of that stuff uh, this morning, but what I want you to see is there's a time coming where you will not have any cash. Now, it's going to be a totally cashless um, uh, society, uh, world, where uh, we already see right now you can do Samsung Pay or you can do Apple Pay. You just record your, your credit card. But what intrigued me was an article that broke on September 29th, and I happened to come across this article simply by chance, and I don't know if you've ever heard, heard it yet or not, but it's about Amazon's new method of paying at its retail stores, and it's called Amazon One. And you know how you pay? You pay with the palm of your hand. Now listen to this, and I saw, I saw the machine and everything, and, and they, they've unveiled this, I think they're doing it in Seattle, and here's an excerpt from... The article, listen to this. Amazon on Tuesday is unveiling a new biometric technology called Amazon One that allows shoppers to pay at stores by placing their palm over a scanning device when they walk in the door and when they check out. The first time they register to use this tech, a customer will will scan their palm and insert their payment card at a terminal. After that, they can simply pay with their hand. The hand-scanning tech isn't just for Amazon's own stores. The company hopes to sell it to other retailers, including competitors, too. Now, you guys have technology today that they didn't have 100 years ago. So what do you mean? Is it going to be a tattoo on the hand? Is it going to be a tattoo on the, the forehead? We know right now that everything is moving digitally. And we have technology out now, it is out now, that Revelation 13 is speaking about. I'm going to tell you, in this one world government, the one barrel they're going to keep over a lot of people's heads, people like you that that say, I'm not buying into that, 
I've got a different value system that I'm not, I'm gonna, I live my life this way. No, no, you must c- to conform to our rules. The one, the, you're going to be like a drug cartel. Do you realize that the government can seize entire bank accounts right now because it's digital? It's no longer where it's kept in a safe and you go in there and they pull out all the cash and everything else. They just nearly need to push buttons on a computer and they will snag the account. Now, I say that because a cashless society is going to be significant in how the government controls people in this last world order. Now, it says you have to have a mark, right? So they're thinking it's a digital chip or something. Some believe it's going to be with the mandatory vaccine because uh, Bill Gates had given $10 billion to WHO, the World Health Organization. He specifically said we need to develop vaccines. And what they're saying now, and this isn't conspiracy, is how do you know when somebody's had the vaccine? Because you're going to be the one contaminating all of society if you don't have that vaccine. And you try and get on an airplane, you try and leave the country, you're going to have to go through border checks, and if you don't have that scan or whatever, I'm telling you, it's coming. And the church is not even prepared for this. We need to move forward. It's going to be a conditioned world. It's not just going to be a cashless world. It's going to be a conditioned world. The world will be conditioned to obey this one world government without question. What we're seeing right now is a shadow cast on us of the tribulation period, this final seven years where this falls into right now. The coronavirus has been the precursor to all of this. The coronavirus on a worldwide pandemic has given the ability of the government to bump up its authority and even to enforce its authority if need be. Look at the lockdowns. We're told that the lockdowns are necessary and even enforced if necessary in order to protect the health of all of society out there. What isn't talked about is that more and more medical professionals are recognizing the lockdowns have caused present to future public health problems. A worldwide collection of medical and public health experts has just issued a declaration stating that the current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health and that to keep these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage with the underprivileged disproportionately harmed. So the underprivileged are going to suffer the most. They're going to be disproportionately harmed. And the damage on many of them are going to be irreparable. And the declaration, I looked it up, is called the Great Barrington Declaration. And it's very, very interesting. It argues that public health policy should instead focus on protecting vulnerable parts of the population, such as the elderly and infirm, while allowing the rest of the public to return to normal life to build up herd immunity. Within a few days, almost 32,000 medical and public health professionals had signed the declaration. This is worldwide. They're saying this is wrong. Now listen to me. Let me finish on this because... On their website, let me, let me just read this and I'll move forward. On their re- website, you can read this on the Declaration 
uh, the Great Barrington Declaration. Now, you got all these medical professionals all over the world, and it's in, I think, 23 languages now. 32,000 immediately signed up in a few days saying, this is all wrong what they're doing with these lockdowns. And it says this. These aren't dummies. Listen to this. As infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have grave concerns about the damaging and physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 and recommend an approach we call focused protection. In other words, those who are vulnerable, focus on them, but everybody else, let them come back to church. Everybody else, let them go back to school. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977